0: Yeah, it's Gorchio, Tremendo, and Sulphur, 28 degrees today, Indian summer. Can you say that? Is that not a bit xenophobic, is it? Indian summer. It's blooming warm. It is this Tuesday, September the 7th, 2021. It's myself, your BBG, with you till 7 o'clock. And today, and only today, this week, it is your call. It's your call. Welcome to your call.
1: You're listening to the saviour of the independent media. That's the it's one. Your Richie Allen. That's the one It's the Richie Allen Show Broadcasting live on RichieAllen.co.uk And multiple platforms Around the world And now Here's your host Richie Allen
0: That is only myself I'll give you the contact details In a moment Because once we get to 5.30 Or 5.35pm That is UK time I'll open Skype And the telephone line And you can call me and chat with me between now or between then i should say between then and the end of the program i look forward to hearing from you as usual if you've never called before do call me i'm a nice guy we can have a chat about what's going on in your world do it to me today if you did appear on a recent phone in, uh, give it a wide berth today please let's give others a chance i've the details to hand I'll give them to you As I said In a moment If you don't fancy Coming on the radio with me You can leave a comment On my website RichieAllen.co.uk At the top of the page There is a tab That says comment live If you click on that You will be able to comment And see what other people Are saying to me as well I, I can't say fairer than that Right Comment live at the top of the page. Drop me a message. There you go. Meteor- meteorologically speaking, by the way, it is autumn. Meteorologically speaking. Don't be giving me any of this Equinox bollocks now, Carl Cunningham, on the website and others. It's, uh yeah, it is autumn. It's autumn. It's an Indian summer is what it is. Would you like to call me, would you? Well, you'll need the contact details, won't you? You'll need them. Here they are then. If you want to call me, listen to this.
1: It's your call on the Richie Allen Show tonight. Skype chat with Richie or call 0161 818 2018. If you're calling from overseas, it's plus 44 161 818 2018.
0: Now those details are on the Facebook page for the program, which isn't run by me. They're also on RichieAllen.co.uk. In case you missed it, I'll play that sting a little bit later on. But it's 0161 8182018 if calling from inside the UK. But the best way to reach me, because it shouldn't cost you too much, is on Skype. the The Skype handle for the program is chat with Richie. That's all Woodward. Chat with Richie. We've never had a dull phone in. I'm not, not expecting today's to be any different. It'll be busy. Before I go any further, I'd like to say hi to Leakey Skouras, who might not be listening. Now, you'll know Leakey if you've listened to this programme long enough. He's the father of Spiro Skouras, the, the, the journalist, and Leakey called into the programme a couple of times, it was very interesting. He's a US Army veteran, but, but but much more besides, and a lovely gentleman, and he's been a bit under the weather of late, but he's doing quite a good deal better now than than he was. and I'm delighted to hear that. So if you are listening, Lakey, this programme, pal, is uh, for you. Hope all is uh, well with you. Now, let's uh, have a look at what's making the headlines today in Blighty and Beyond. In Blighty and Beyond. Now, 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 guess... Who was back in Parliament today? You'll never guess who was back in Westminster today. It was only Matt Wancock. Matt Hancock. Did I say Matt Wancock? I said I wouldn't say that. But it's like Tourette's with me. Yes, the Minister for Wandering Hands. Yes, the Secretary for Shagging Some Other Blokes' Misses. There should be a department. There should be a ministry. So there should, in Whitehall, the secretary for shagging some other blokes' missus. He was back today in Westminster, shameless, shameless. Last time he was seen on his feet in the Commons, his hands were groping some tarts' arse. For those on the opposition benches, his reappearance today was like all of their birthdays had come together on the same day. Feast your ears! Matt Hancock.
2: Ooh. Thank you very much, Mr Speaker. The reform of social care has been ducked for decades because successive governments successive governments, have put it into the too difficult box. So can I congratulate the <laughs> Prime Minister for delivering on our commitments and his commitment and can I ask him to ensure that as well as the money we integrate properly the NHS with social care so that people can get the dignity that they deserve
0: What yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. about the dignity of your
2: wife uh, uh, th- Thank you very much I want to thank my, my right honourable friend but- uh,
0: Johnson went on to give him some credit For his part in the jab rollout And the social care reforms That are to come They were waving handkerchiefs at him Blowing raspberries at him and all of that Uh, And then someone shouted something. I can't figure out who said this. Now
3: go away or I shall taunt you a second time.
0: Sounds like Jeremy Corbyn, but I can't be sure. Hard to take that. So people under 30, by the way, they were talking today about social care reforms and they've introduced a new tax, new taxes. What, what are the only certainties in life? Death and taxes. Taxes. Yes, that's the old cliche. There will be a new tax imposed on people next year. And it'll be to pay for social care. But it won't be. They're a bunch of liars. It won't be to pay for social care. They will basically throw it away by giving it to NHS England. And NHS providers. And all of that jazz. Nonsense. There's no need to get into it in any great depth. You can read about it online if you'd like to do so. This made me laugh today. People under 30, eh? People under 30. Were we, as in you and me, were we as self-obsessed? Were we as narcissistic? Were we as quick to play the victim card when we failed? And we've all failed. Were we as quick to do all of that as this generation's under 30s? Such a whiny arse, bunch of babies, aren't they? Some of them, mental health this and... My lived experience, that, and use the right pronouns, and don't dare to criticise me, or I'll report you for bullying. What a shithouse it is, right? It really is. Are they all like that, are they? Emma Raducanu, whose parents are not from the UK, but she was brought up in the UK, and the media has the gall to describe her as being British. I know, Tony Cascarino, I know, I know! You don't have to tell me. Anyway, Emma Kanu, an adopted Brit, beat Shelby Rogers in the US Open last 16 tennis tournament last night. And rather than hand some credit to her spirited young opponent, well, Shelby Rogers, she played the old victim card. And they love a bit of victim them playing, don't they?
4: It's just really tough sometimes to keep that in perspective, but you do the best you can and, you know, try to ignore, sorry guys, try to ignore the media and, you know, everybody blowing it up and making you the, the story of the tournament. Obviously, we appreciate the, <laughs> the spotlight in those moments, but then, you know, you have today and I'm going to have 9 million death threats and whatnot. <laughs> she's, she's going to have 9 million death threats because she lost the tennis match. And, you know, you have today and I'm going to have 9 million death threats and whatnot so it's it's very much polarizing um she's
0: on the verge of tears
4: one extreme to the other very quickly but at this point in my career i would say i'm used to it it's just now for me like i said finding a way to okay have those big wins but then be able to back it up a little bit
0: and your young opponent the 18 year old british yeah girl who defeated you anything to say about her
4: um no but yeah, it's not, not easy, to say the least. What? Yeah, I kind of wish social media didn't exist, but here we are. <laughs> it's a big part of marketing now. We get contracts. We have to post certain things. Um, I don't know. You could probably go to my profile right now. I'm a, probably, what, a fat pig and, <laughs> you know, uh, words that I can't say right now. But, I mean... It is what it is you try not to take it hard and it's the unfortunate side of you know any sports and what we do but I'm also very grateful to have had that opportunity on ash not everybody has even had a chance to play there and I play there three times this week so yes and your young opponent this week so it's just trying to keep it in perspective and obviously I'm not thrilled with the way my run here ended I'm I have so so many positives to take from this week but I also want more and I want to yeah young Emma Try to challenge myself to keep pushing and to do better and to, you know, go a little bit farther next time.
0: Give over. And you have an Asian tennis player refusing to speak to the media. Now she's taking a break. Mental health this and mental health that. Cricketers taking breaks, talking about the pressure and whining about social media and about trolls. Ready-made excuses for underperformance. And it's it's not just athletes. We see this in academia. We see it everywhere. Younger folk protecting people from ideas they don't like, from things they don't want to hear. Jesus, you know. They were talking about social care today. I don't give a shit about social care. For me, for me. I do for those who need it now. If I leave, leave, leave. If I live long enough, if I leave, if I live long enough, I'll be, I will be cared for by this generation of snowflakes. No thanks, good luck if you're in your 90s and you're incontinent and one of these crybabies is assigned to look after you, eh? Yeah, absolutely right. 11 minutes past uh, 5 o'clock or 10 and a half minutes past 5 o'clock. Laura Dodsworth wrote wrote a book called The State of Fear or State of Fear about the response to COVID and lockdowns. She's a staple on talk radio now. Today with Mike Graham on his programme, she talked about vaccine Passports, Laura Dodsworth. First
5: of all, Parliament is ignoring its own report into COVID passports, which said there was no scientific justification. They're discriminatory. Mm. The government haven't produced a cost benefit analysis or the financial costings. And they had concerns about data protection and privacy. None of that has changed. No. And yet, Nadim Zahawi said there are plans to bring in COVID passports this month. Yes. The BBC reported on it as well. Um, as a fait accompli Mm. but we haven't had a vote in Parliament yet there's no vote, we don't know when the vote will be how much time will they have to debate it isn't it
2: strange how some um, colleagues of mine I, I, I use that word very loosely in the media seem to take this as a done deal they don't question it they don't i mean nadine Nadim didn't come on to one show this morning he did everybody else's show he didn't do julie Hartley brewer because he didn't want to be asked those questions that he doesn't like to answer because in the end everywhere else he goes they just go so um when are we going to have the vaccine passports then and how helpful will that be those are the kind of dopey questions he gets asked by people who don't seem to have a clue what journalism actually is
5: Mm. well the problem is he's been caught out Mm. hasn't he because he did put on the record back in february that there were no plans for vaccine passports and yet we know at the time that the government had awarded eight contracts it was reported in the daily mail to develop Mm. vaccine passports so there's I mean, I don't say this lightly. It's beyond a lack of transparency. Yes. They've lied Yes, about their plans. Like, wow,
0: she took a long time to get there, didn't she? They lied. Yes, they lied. They exist to lie and do nothing else. Of course they lied. What are you going to do about it now? Laura Dodsworth, and Mike Graham and your pals at Talk Radio. What do you plan to do about it? Nothing is the answer, of course. Not enough folks wearing masks in Parliament today. Says who? Says the inveterate sleazy jellyfish that is James O'Brien on LBC. He wasn't happy about the fact that lots of MPs were not wearing face masks in Parliament and neither were his very obedient listeners, James O'Brien and co.
6: It can't just be what you describe, a sort of failure of social responsibility. They must somehow believe that they know better with regard to masks than... The majority of the scientists do, or they they know, or that they must somehow not believe in the precautionary principle. They would argue, and possibly I'm being a bit glib, but they believe better sorry than safe, whereas we believe better safe than sorry. I don't get that. It's not just about caring for others, is it? I mean, you know, these.
3: Well, I think it's about perhaps about painting an argument that look things are returning to normal, and I think the vast majority of us with a brain cell would say, look, we need to err on the side of caution here. And whether or not someone's going to stand there in, in London and tell me that everything is returning to normal, I, for one, am going to do everything extra that I can do to m- try and ensure we don't end up in another lockdown and we don't end up... But with But this,
6: this is the bit, and it may be, you know, probably the pandemic will be over and I still won't have solved this, but you do these things, the precautions that you take, that what you could call the lower-level precautions... There that the better you observe the lower level precautions, the more likely you are to avoid the higher level precautions. So your mask wearer is a much more effective enemy of a lockdown than your anti mask character, yeah. right? Yeah. Isn't that not- What?
7: Yeah. Isn't that not yeah. just
6: true? Or is this are we both missing something? blindingly obvious that, that that cleverer
0: people than you and me can see. Yes, yeah, you're missing something blindingly obvious wearing a mask to prevent the spread of your spittle is akin to erecting a chain link fence over your camper bed in the Amazon rainforest to keep out the mozzies. You daft prick. Obviously. Masks don't stop the spread of aerosols coming from your big gob. If that's is the right way to put it, maybe I shouldn't use the terminology. Aerosol. It's a scientific fact. You can't, using these cloth masks, prevent anything from escaping from your gob. Well, a little bit of mucus, maybe. But not the finer particles. It might be, well, that might be viral or loaded with viral things. They know this. And yet they persist with this bollocks.
3: Coming back to my original point, I just think it's a failure to to understand what social responsibility is all about in so many different things. And the discussions that we've been having about uh, care homes and what we should pay, these are not arguments. We come into this world with nothing. And we we generate our own income the best as we possibly can. Right, so we
0: come into the world with nothing, we make some money, then he tells a whopper of a lie. And James O'Brien, and to be fair to O'Brien, most television and radio presenters, they tell the same lie the caller, well, says next. And,
3: And we make our contributions, and we do what we can to help each other out. Bullshit.
0: That's absolute bullshit. The great majority of us... We'll help out those that we love and those that we know. And I think the great majority of us are fundamentally decent. That if you did happen to come across a stranger who was in need of some help, you would give them help. But largely, and this is perfectly understandable, this is part of the human condition, largely we don't give a rat's arse about those we don't know. We don't. You'll hear it all the time. You'll be out and about. Oh, some chap, yeah, in Morrison's Avenue, yeah, some chap got knocked down by a car just in front of his wife and he's dead. And you'll go, did he? Jesus, terrible. You couldn't give a shit, really. Let's be honest about it. You couldn't give a damn. Well, that's regrettable. That's the way it is. But they want to convince you of of the opposite social responsibility. We're all interlinked and we're all intertwined. And, you know, we, 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 we all go about trying to do things for one another. Why can't we just have the jab for one another? Why can't we just wear the mask for one another? It's bullshit. Apart from the people I know, the people I love, the, 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 the people in my immediate area. As for what happens to the rest of people in the world, I wish you well. But I really couldn't give a shit when I hear stuff because because that's just the way it is. Not because I'm sociopathic or psychopathic. It's just a human condition. I've enough to be getting on with, basically. You've enough to be getting on with. This is absolute crap. This.
3: And if it's going to cost me ten percent of my estate, well, so be it. And if it's going to cost ten percent of your estate, but yeah, so okay. Be it. I know you're yeah. right. We I shouldn't. No, you know. I,
6: I shouldn't have steered you back from, from from broadening it out because you're essentially describing about a woke- what
0: woke bollocks. And don't misunderstand me, by the way. Listen back to what I said carefully, word for word. I'm not indifferent to the plight of people and the suffering of people. Of course, I'm not. But we hear things about people, suffering, the problems they have. And we, we, we think that's not good. And we just go on about our own business. It's what we do. It's what human beings do. We'll talk about this maybe on the phone and maybe not on this phone. and But in the future, we might get into it. What is your responsibility to your fellow man? Forget about the the, the scam-demic. Forget about it. Forget about that. Outside of this COVID nonsense, what is your responsibility to people you don't know and whose path you will never cross? That's an interesting one. Those who are religious might have a different perspective than I have. And I'll be interested to hear it. It's uh, nearly 19 minutes past the hour. Drop me a message through the website. Comment live at the top of the page where it says uh, comment live on richieallen.co.uk. Okay, don't misunderstand me. Sometimes I'm ham-fisted in making a point. I might have been ham-fisted there. It it just sounded so hypocritical to me, this guy saying we we go about in our lives, you know, doing stuff for other people. No, the great majority of us don't, actually. We actually don't. The great majority of us don't. Uh, Kay Burley on her show today, the Ginger Ninja, had John Bolton on Sky News this morning. John Bolton is a hawk. A neocon, ultra-Zionist madman. You know this. He never saw a country that he didn't want to invade. A psychopath. He advised Baby Bush back in the day. He advised The Chump recently on national security. He was on with Kay Burley today. Now, when I heard that he was coming on, I was delighted. I thought there would be some fireworks. Because the last time he was on with the Ginger Ninja... Well, it kind of kicked off. Uh, well, I want to come back to
8: your comments. I'm, I'm going to be a little bit more direct here. I think what you said is offensive and inappropriate. You are a munchkin in the media. and a
0: munchkin, he called
8: K. And uh, you may have your opinions, but I think your job is to try and present the news uh, accurately and not uh, editorialize. If you'd like to tell me where you think the president... Uh, has behaved in a way you disagree with let's have uh, an example of it and i'd be happy to deal with it do you think britain is slippery for getting out of the european union maybe you should call your whole country slippery
5: Ooh. um,
9: really? so it's
8: Peter, I don't know. Okay, you've had your say, Mr. Bolton so We're going to come back you to you to in just a second. Calm
5: down, calm down.
9: Um, I may not be a munchkin, I'm, I'm but I'm certainly calm. beyond, uh, I'm a little bit lower than average
8: height. My point with you, she's a
0: little bit lower than
8: average height. My point with you, to make it very clear, <laughs> is that I think. I think you're unprofessional. I okay. think your comments were uncalled for. Okay. And may- maybe, maybe you think that's your business. Now, perhaps you'll let me finish this time. Please. Uh, I just don't think it advances. Thank you. I don't think it advances the cause of informing your listeners.
0: I know. Imagine getting your R's handed to you by John Bolton, especially on the subject of misinformation. Oh my God. I don't, th- I-, I think it was Kay's lowest moment in her 75 year career. Um, I'm below average height but I'm no munchkin said Kay three years ago who was fuming that he was appearing via satellite because if he had been in the studio I'm pretty sure Kay would have kicked him in the ding ding. You can take the girl out of Wigan and all of that but you can't take the Wigan out of the girl. So this morning she had him on in the studio. How did they get on? Disappointingly well. After they bullshitted around Afghanistan for 10 minutes Kay wanted to ask about Joe Biden.
9: Is he a one or two term president?
8: Uh, he's a one-term president. I don't think he's going to run for re-election. The question is whether he makes it through the first term.
9: So you don't think he'll run for re-election?
8: I do not, no. I don't think, well, to answer your next question, I don't think Trump will run in, 19, in 2024 <laughs>
7: either.
5: You've been looking at my notes. you? <laughs> let me ask you briefly, before I let you go, about uh, 9-11. It is the 20th anniversary. Do you remember where you were when the planes hit? And what are you going to do to commemorate?
0: Do you remember where you were When the planes hit, says Kay. Do you remember where you were when the planes hit? She asked John Bolton, who was advising George W. Bush at the time, did he remember where he was at the time? (laughs) Jesus Christ. Well. Stupid question! Stupid
10: question! Stupid question!
0: Stupid question. Yeah, it's just the stupidest question I've heard today. John Bolton, did you remember where you were when those planes hit the World Trade Center tower? Of course he did, and he said he did. He was working in D.C. He said, and he looked out the window, and he looked out the window, and he saw smoke coming from the Pentagon, where that plane hit, which was flown by Hani Hanjouar. Of course the guy who did aerobatics that had never been seen previously and have never been seen since, and crashed a 737 into the Pentagon, which, of course, he didn't. No plane hit the Pentagon. You and I know that. If we know one thing, we know that. Kay Burley. yeah. Kay was reporting live on September 11th, 2001, for Sky, as I was on radio back home, and apparently they're flying Kay to New York to stand at One World Trade Centre Plaza on... Saturday to talk through it all again and tell us what happened and it's just going to be a lie-fest. That's what it's going to be. It's going to be a lie-fest. We're not going to get into that. 24 minutes past the hour. What else have I got for you? What more nonsense do I have for you before we move on? It's your call, by the way, in a few moments. In case you don't have the details...
1: It's your call on the Richie Allen Show tonight. Skype chat with Richie or call 0161 818 2018. If you're calling from overseas, it's plus 44 161 818 2018.
0: Lovely, and I'll be taking your calls in about 10 minutes' time. Richard Willett, the filmmaker. Richard is heavily involved with Iconic, the iconic platform. Lovely bloke, very clever. Richard will join me on the programme tomorrow. Before Richard joins me tomorrow, I'll be speaking to Julia Hoff. Now, Julia was on with me, I think, on one of the more recent phone-ins. She's a social care worker. And social care workers are very concerned about plans to mandate COVID jabs, not just for them, but for NHS workers as well. Now, this will be of interest, this clip, if you are in social care, if you are in the NHS, this will be interesting for you. Tory backbencher Mark Harper, who chairs the COVID recovery group, I think, or or he's a member of the COVID recovery group. He had this question for Prime Minister Boris Johnson today about, well, the mandating of jabs for healthcare and NHS workers.
11: Uh, Mr Speaker, the Prime Minister was absolutely right to focus on the importance of the social care workforce. Unfortunately, um, the government's own estimate is that due to our uh, compulsory vaccination measures, 40,000 people in that care home workforce will leave the sector uh, by November of this year. In his plan, are there urgent measures that the government's going to take to ensure we can replace those missing care workers to ensure we deliver high quality care as I think everyone in this house wants to see.
0: So, so Harper is basically saying because you have mandated jobs for social care workers, we're going to lose many of them. What, what is your plan?
2: Uh, my right makes a very important point about compulsory uh, vaccination. What, what I believe it's the right thing. Uh, and uh, we're, we're making sure that we encourage more people to join the social care workforce in the ways that I've, I, I've described uh, today, uh, with, the, with the £500 million investment, with the, with the training places. But I think what we also have to understand is that many of those social care workers are, are leaving to join the NHS, where currently vaccination is not uh, compulsory, and there are almost 10% of NHS uh, frontline workers who are not uh, vaccinated. And I think that that is something on which we need to to reflect. And that's why it's right that we're having a uh, a consultation on the way forward for the NHS. But well, I don't. This is speaking speaking for myself. I don't think it's right that almost one in ten of, of NHS workers should be uh, frontline NHS workers should be currently unvaccinated against COVID. He
0: doesn't think it's right that one in ten NHS workers have yet to be vaccinated. This one, of course, is going to run and run and run. Dr. Ross Jones is a retired paediatrician. These days, she's a member of the Health Advisory Recovery Team. She was speaking to talk radio last night and she suggested to the presenter, a guy called Kevin O'Sullivan, that it's a contravention of international law by this government to roll out the jabs for 12 to 15 year olds, healthy 12 to 15 year olds, especially when the JCVI refuses to endorse it. Listen to Ross Jones speaking on talk radio. Uh,
9: It is absolutely staggering. I mean, there are various points. The first point is that the government are clearly planning to override the advice from the JCVI. Now, that committee, the Joint Committee of Vaccination, they have... It's been in place for 30 years. They are a statutory body. They have the responsibility to look at safety and they have done a, you know, done a very thorough job. They've been in contact with pediatric cardiologists, heart specialists in the states to look at the number of children there where the 12 to 15 year olds are being vaccinated who are actually being affected by myocarditis. And on the basis of that and all the other evidence they've put together, they feel that the vaccination know the balance of risk is not there and so the government they were rushing to have it all ready and saying oh of course there's no decision but you know we want to be ready to hit the ground running says Sajid Javid well then of course they feel a bit silly when the the green light wasn't given so now they've given it to the CMOs now they're not they're not a statutory body and it's a very severe precedent I think to take this away from the group who've always done this and who contain paediatric professors, you know, experts in this field. So that's the first thing. Then the idea that they would do it possibly using so-called Gillick competence is even more bizarre because what we're saying is that a 12 year old can work out the long-term implications of this because that's what Gillick competence, you have to be deemed to understand the full implications of what decision you're making well given that the medical profession aren't in agreement how on earth can a 12 year old decide this yeah. and also the child can't look at the long-term implications because we have no long-term data so it cannot be illegal to do this on Gillick competence so, exactly
0: uh, adv- that's Ross Jones there she's a former doctor she's a retired pediatrician saying clearly that it's unprecedented to go against the JCVI. It's outrageous, effectively. She didn't use the term outrageous, but it is outrageous to then go to the chief medical officer and ask him to give his blessing to jabbing healthy 12 to 15-year-olds. She said it's ridiculous to suggest that 12 to 15-year-olds can determine whether or not the jab is right for them and that it is... It is. Um, it is healthy for them to do so, that it is beneficial for them to do so. And she goes on to talk about then the international treaties that say it is wrong to push these jobs on youngsters.
9: Um, Yes, and I mean, you point out that the JCVI have allowed, and the original legislation anyway allowed, for children with specific health conditions that render them at high risk from COVID, they can receive the vaccine. So we're talking about giving it to children where Definitely, there isn't a balance for benefit. Absolutely not. So that is actually a contravention of international law too. We are signed up to the, you know, um, Nuremberg Code, Helsinki Agreement, all of these international treaties, UNESCO, uh, which specify that you cannot do research on children unless it's for their benefit. And these vaccines, whether we like it or not, are still in phase three trials. And you mentioned you quoted Matt
0: Hancock. Very good. She might want to take a little mirror on a stick and check under her car before driving off. From now on, Dr. Ross Jones, there retired paediatrician. And maybe I shouldn't say things like that, but um, she's that's that's a truth bomb and a half right there. It's against international law. No benefit whatsoever for the children. These things are still in trial. They're experimental gene therapies. They are not vaccines. And she's right, Dr. Ross Jones speaking yesterday to uh, Talk Radio's Kevin O'Sullivan. This is your Richie Allen radio show. I, in about five minutes' time, will open the Skype and the telephone line and I'll be taking your calls. And I will ask you, and I'm asking you now, uh, to be as succinct and to be as uh, clear as you can be to enable me to take as many calls as I possibly can. Hi to Alan. How you doing, Alan? Hi to uh, Alan Tracy. Hi to Craig, who says 40,000 staff cannot be replaced in a mere few months. Anyone with half a brain will know this, even politicians. That's right. That's referring, of course, to the expected deluge of staff walking away from 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 healthcare and walking away from NHS jobs because they do not want to be jammed with this potentially very deadly, very dangerous, experimental, still in trial, so-called vaccine. Patricia was in touch to say that George Bush Senior, that's George H.W. Bush, was asked if he remembered where he was when JFK was assassinated. He was probably the only person alive at the time who couldn't remember. Stupid question and suspicious answer, says Patricia. Brilliant point to make. He was in Dallas that particular day and many, many, many people who have come on this programme over the years, people like the late, great Jim Mars, God rest him, uh, Patricia believe that 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 the former c i a director uh he a lot of people mistakenly think that george h. w bush was the c i a director in nineteen sixty three he was not he was not he took that position some years later, but he was an agent and he was in Dallas at the time. It is absolutely p- pathetic and it is untenable. It would've but well, he's dead now, isn't he? He's dead now, George H. W. Bush. But untenable to make that to make that claim. Well I don't remember. I don't remember. Hi to Incendiary. Hi to John. Hi to Hermione. Hi to Tommy, who says he's got an anti lockdown song. Thank you, Tommy. I'll check that out a bit later on, mate. I keep those messages coming in. There's so many coming in it's difficult for me to go back and and, and, and grab them. Gotta keep refreshing the page here. Okay. Hi to Steve T, to Sue Ellis, and to Pandora, to Ron. Thanks for all your messages. You can interact with people, of course, on the on on the website RichieAllen.co.uk, where it says "Comment Life" at the top of the page. Taking your calls in three minutes' time.
1: It's your call on the Richie Allen Show tonight. Skype chat with Richie or call 0161 818 2018. If you're calling from overseas, it's plus 44 161 818 2018.
0: Lovely stuff. It's a beautiful evening here in Salford, glorious across the Northwest and much of the UK as well. So this is kind of appropriate, I think, anywho. Terrific music from the Lighthouse family. This is Ocean Drive, your Richie Allen show. Your call, Tuesday, September 7th, 2021. Good evening to you, wherever you happen to be in the world. Lighthouse family, Ocean Drive on your Richie Allen show. Live from Salford, super Salford to you, by the way. How you doing? It's time for the call-in show
1: to your call on the Richie Allen Show tonight. Skype chat with Richie, or call oh one six one eight one eight two zero one eight. If you're calling from overseas, it's plus four four one six one eight one eight two zero one eight.
0: Right, the details are on the website richieallen.co.uk. You can also find them on Facebook. That's right. To the phones, then caller, welcome to the program. You're first up. Oh, who am I speaking with?
12: Oh, hi. Can you hear me okay?
0: Loud and clear. How are you? Who am I speaking with?
12: Oh, hi. Um, Well, I'm a nurse, so I don't want to give my real name, uh, to be honest. So call me Laura.
0: Okay, Laura. Listen, you're welcome. And uh, nice of you to call in, Laura. What would you like to say then?
12: Hi. um, So, yeah, like I say, I'm I'm a nurse, not not far from yourself, um, basically. I, I work in the community. Um, obviously, I, I've listened to your show for about five years now, probably six years. Um, I know I, as soon as COVID came out, I knew that it was all a hoax, basically. Um, and I just, I, I just wanted to talk. Well, there's a lot, a lot to talk about, but I just wanted to talk about um, the midazolam situation.
0: Do Laura? Um, can, can I just very quickly sum that up if I can?
9: Yeah, yeah.
12: I don't
0: now. Help me out now if I make a complete bags of this, which I might Go do. Ahead. Um. A journalist called Jackie Devoy, who's a friend of mine, has been on the programme and she's been on other yeah. programmes talking about concerns that a lot of people have, that their relatives died in hospital, but they, they, they didn't die naturally, that they were helped on their way by the use of a medicine known as medazolam mida- and, and other uh, and painkillers. Medazolam is a relaxant. And there is growing concern and there's a lot of evidence, anecdotal some of it, but other evidence is a bit more than anecdotal, that um, people are being coerced into accepting do not resuscitate notices when they don't need them. And care is being withdrawn from people who could otherwise be nursed back to health and could go on to lead, um, you know, uh, could, could, could could basically go, go back home and leave hospital. But that they're being given this drug, which they shouldn't be given. That's basically the gist of it, Laura, isn't it? And uh, we we know that the the British government, when, when Matt Hancock was health secretary, ordered an enormous shipment of this stuff and at the time it was talked about as being one way to give people a good death, all very strange and sinister. That's what we're talking about.
12: Yes, yeah, so um, basically my experience most of, of what's been told by Jackie Devoy and, and the others, it is true. Um. Definitely people are being, well, they're just putting do not resuscitate on people most of the time without a discussion. Um, a lot of families have been unhappy about that, but it's taken out of the, the hands of, of two health professionals agree that people need to be um, have, have a do not resuscitate on them. Uh, with the midazolam, well, what's happening in my experience is People who could be treated, so mainly the elderly who could be treated by GPs and, and, um, you know, health specialist nurses. So people under urology, people with urine infections, chest infections, who would normally have a course of antibiotics. Again, sorry, my mind's racing. Take your
0: time, Laura. Take your time. This is important. You've got plenty of time now. This is a very big story. And uh, I, m- I must mention that Jackie Devoy, who's a very well-respected Fleet Street journalist, has been turned down by 28 different editors. Yeah. They've turned down this story, all of this evidence that this is going on. Now, take your time, Laura. Go ahead.
12: So normally these people would be treated with a course of antibiotics. Um, just just a simple GP visit, or like a specialist nurse, would prescribe the antibiotic. A couple of weeks later, they'd get past it. And a lot of people will go back to the previous baseline, go out, do their own shopping, independent. And instead of that happening, obviously people aren't being seen by GPs, especially the elderly, being completely abandoned by the NHS. So especially in the care homes, if people are becoming unwell with something that's easily treatable. Um, even such as heart failure. A lot of people are managing medication. Sometimes it's just a case of... Adjusting the medication, adjusting the diuretic medication that they're on, taking them off the medication. Again, that could be treatable, but they're being left. So what happens is, the GPs or the doctors, if it's in hospital, are just putting them down as end of life, basically, um, not even bothering to treat them with anything. Right.
0: Let me let, um, let me let me ask you to clarify that. So yeah. there is there is a protocol for dealing with somebody who's got heart failure or, or a heart condition. And that would be for, for anybody, whatever age they are. And you're saying, Laura, that you've seen in, in, your own, in your own workplaces, you've seen incidents where they've not followed the protocol and they've actually stopped treating them altogether, when if they did follow the protocol, it could mean the elderly patient made a recovery, but they're not doing it.
12: Yes, which, which, to be honest, has gone on before all this started. That did sometimes go on with, with certain docs as well, and you really have to fight and advocate for a lot of patients to get treatment. So it's always been an issue with elderly people, but ne- never like this before. But what they were doing is just writing them off, basically. They were putting a do not resuscitate in place, and then they'd send through to a lot of people what we call a statement of intent which says if the person passes away within two weeks and it's not and it's expected. Uh, but a lot of these people, especially in the care homes, were getting these facts through by a GP. They, they hadn't been seen in a year, 18 months by anyone. Now, normally before all this, they would try whatever treatment, whether it's antibiotics or a review of the medication. Instead of doing that, they were just faxing through uh, the statement of intent and putting them on the what we call in our area the Individualised Package of Care, which is basically Liverpool Care Pathway rebranded.
0: Individualised Package of Care, which is another yeah. way of saying end-of-life treatment. And and you're saying yeah. that GPs are submitting this information without having seen the patient for as long as yeah. a year or a year and a half or more?
12: Yeah, which would normally, they would have to be seen within a couple of weeks to be able to put this these packages in place but they you know these people aren't being seen by anybody um how
0: can they do that how can they do that in good conscience not seeing the patient as you said they've they've got to see them for a couple of weeks before introducing the end of life care plan basically but they're doing this remotely having not seen the person for a long time and and laura you're absolutely sure because you know if if you were on another radio station, now they'd be jumping all over you and demanding proof, and they'd be shouting at you. I don't do that. I don't treat people like that. But are you absolutely convinced that this is going on?
12: Yeah, that this is going on, um, and I know it's hard. I, obviously, I don't want to. Identify no, don't, don't do that. send you things personally through email. And don't even do expenses. that.
0: Don't even do that because it's not secure. We could figure mm-hmm. out another way to do it. But if your identity being revealed is going to have serious implications for you, don't send anything over email. And look, you're not the first person to get in touch with me since Jackie was on. I've had a couple of people who work in hospitals who've said that they... That she was right, and, and that the, the the bereaved families were right. They've seen this as well, and introducing this drug midazolam, which which so is this, w- it, yeah.
12: Sorry, um, I was going to say. So obviously, when they do get put on end of life, um, they get put on anticipatory drugs, which includes the midazolam. So, if all these people who are not getting treatment, which could potentially save their lives. Um, and and are being put on anticipatory drugs then that would contribute to the rise in midazolam use but also once someone's put on end of life most of the time um, all of the medication gets stopped so that's antidepressants pain relief everything so then obviously people will get withdrawal symptoms so the midazolam would be used again for, for withdrawal so then to keep, them,
0: to keep the body relaxed and to keep the person quiet. Somebody got in touch with me and swore me to not identify them and I said, Of course I won't do that and and they said that they heard the original show um, they were listening to Jackie on this show. They heard Jackie speaking with, with, with Gareth Icke. And they came back and he said, Richie, I have no interest in you and I have no interest in Gareth Icke whatsoever. I don't listen to your programme. But I, I'm getting in touch with you to say that this is going on. And they specifically said this person, Laura, they said to me that they believed that their mother basically starved to death. She was in agony. And they also mentioned withdrawal symptoms from the treatments for their underlying health conditions being withdrawn at the same time. And they believe that the midazolam was basically to to, to basically cover that up because when medazolam mid- is given, am I right in saying this? You're the expert. Well, the patient becomes quiet and compliant and they're almost in a kind of a zombie state. But in reality, they're feeling all of that pain. It's just to make it easy for the people working around the patient. Is that right?
12: Um, potentially sometimes. um I mean, the body is shutting down, so they, they will have pain. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, a lot, a lot of the time it is. But then, to be honest, I'm questioning everything I've ever known because I, I used to, you know, work a lot on the wards. I would give them the dazzle all the time. of I saw a patient in pain, um, I don't know. That was. But it's a, a muscle. It's do. a
0: muscle relaxant, isn't it? From from, yeah, from my, yeah. it, it isn't a painkiller. That's the problem with it. It, from what I understand. Look, you tell me, am I wrong? Am I wrong to say that it isn't a painkiller?
12: So, no, so we give morphine alongside it, which is a painkiller, and we give the midazolans to people who are getting agitated, uh, which a lot of dying people do become agitated um, and, and panicky. A lot of people don't really need it and they'll, they'll just fall asleep. Um, but we do we do give it quite often for agitation. It's not for pain, it's for agitation. For
0: agitation. Now, when, um, when the person but, got but in touch it, with me, it Laura... It is
12: being overused.
0: Overused. When the person got in touch with me, they basically said that they believed that their mother, because she was given lots of midazolam, you know, lots of midazolam, they believed yeah. that the mum was kind of put into a state of almost like locked-in syndrome by the midazolam, meaning that she was in enormous pain as her vital organs were shutting down. But she couldn't express that. And if you were observing her mum, you would think that she was very peaceful and very relaxed. But in fact, chaos is going on underneath the surface. Would, would that be a concern? It would. Uh, but
12: Normally, midazolam would be given with morphine, and um, another medications anti sickness Norm- normally through a syringe driver um, Right I'm with you
0: so if you're giving morphine alongside it they shouldn't be in so much pain at the end is what you're saying
12: Yeah but I also think that a lot of nurses misunderstand the anticipatory drugs so I-, I have seen people giving midazolam for pain thinking that it's for, you know for pain relief instead of giving morphine so it- it's not really understood by everybody as well uh, right. which is a massive
0: problem. Can I ask you this, Laura? Have you have you raised the alarm where you work? Have you put your hand up and said, this is not new in any way, I'm not putting any pressure on you. You know, this isn't accusatory at all. I understand that, you know, there are ways of of, of raising the alarm. There are ways of blowing the whistle. And I understand that these days, more than any other days, when you blow the whistle anywhere it can have terrible consequences for you. And I totally get that. Have you tried to say, listen, what's going on here? Why are we doing this? This is wrong.
12: I haven't yet, no. Um, I have been on leave for, for the last year. Um, so I'm kind of, now that I've come back into it all, most of my colleagues are all, well, they all believe everything that's going on. Um so it's, it's
0: quite difficult. That's very interesting. Now, what what you said there confirms something that I suspected, and it's important to note this. I think they absolutely buy it. They're convinced of the seriousness of COVID and the necessity to do all of the draconian things that have that have been done. Your colleagues genuinely buy into it, Laura.
12: Yeah, so, I mean, and they're educated people, but they just don't seem to... They're convinced that they're protected with the mask wearing, that the vaccinations are necessary. Um, If we have to go to COVID patients, you know, they're not happy about going, they they don't think it's right. Authorities have gone to a lot of people's heads. Um,
0: They don't want to go and deal with COVID patients because they're worried about being infected. And they've become a little yeah. bit. They've become a little bit fond of the having the bit of extra authority as well. You you believe that? Yeah,
12: yeah, um, and that's definitely going on in the hospitals as well with allowing visitors. Um, you know, COVID comes first, and then that's an excuse that people are passing away in hospital and not letting anybody see them. Um, it's just a, a, a real mess.
0: I want to thank you for coming on and telling us this. Before we move on, can I ask you, is mandating the jab, look, it's none of my business whether you've been jabbed or not. Look, I could probably guess. But if, well, we, it's not an if, they they are demanding that everybody who works in the NHS on the so-called front line, which which, which, you, which you've been on and, and are on, they want them to have the jab or get a different career. Is that going to be an issue for you?
12: Yeah, so um, I I am not having the jab. Um, my husband is, not we have a baby now, so it's it, it's getting a, b- a little bit worrying. I think the only time we, we would even think about having it is if they tried to come and take the baby away, which sounds extreme, but it it, it feels like it might get to that one day. Um, Do you really believe that they,
0: that they might it this might get so serious that they might take children from parents who are. Who are reluctant to have the job? It might, it might come to that. You think?
12: I hope not. It's a negative view, and my, my husband doesn't think it'll come to that. Um, but who knows what will happen um, after this year? My, my mum works in a care home, and she's been told she has no job after next week. She won't have it. Um, Your mum
0: is going to be out of work next week. She's not having the job.
12: Yeah, so she's yeah she's worked there. She isn't um, her staff. She's in the office, but she's worked there for over ten years. Um she's everybody else has, has given in. There was about twenty staff at first who were saying no to it, but more and more coercion. They've all had it, and now there's only one staff uh, member who's a co worker who won't have it. And then my mum. You've answered um, my
0: you've answered my next question, because I was going to ask. We heard some very positive noises coming from nursing associations before the summer, didn't we? We heard that mm. that many, many nurses were, were, were reluctant to have it. They didn't want to have it. But you think that they've worked hard on many of those nurses and now the majority seemingly are happy to have the jab or not happy but, but have been coerced into doing it and just to get on and to continue their careers, mm. you think they're going to have it, Laura?
12: I think a lot of people probably will. They're, they're scared. They've got mortgages. It's a difficult time to apply for the jobs because a lot of even if you go into the private sector, a lot of saying that they want you to be jabbed. So it's a difficult time. But a lot aren't happy about it. But people will will do it to get by and
0: mortgages, Laura. Mortgages, childcare. You know, yeah, child exactly. chi- child education. You've got a young child. I think we could hear the child in the background a few moments ago. Yeah. I, do, I don't know this to be true, but I, I have obviously had friends who've had children. very expensive. You know, these are things people have to consider and people need to be understanding. You know, there will be people who understand some of the things we understand, but they will get the job anyway because they have mouths to feed, they have clothes to put on children's backs, they have mortgages to pay. This is absolutely... Horrendous. Before I take another call, is there anything you wanted to say that you'll regret that if I cut you off now you won't have said it? Was there anything you wanted to say finally? Um, And thanks by the way for coming on.
12: Sorry, there's there's probably a lot, but I wanted to say just um, in in community for the last month or so there's a lot of people getting blood clots, a lot of people being put on anticoagulant injections, but um, there's not really any explanation whereas normally this would be investigated, but it's just kind of been well we've got a blood clot just let's treat it and get on with it so that's suspicious
0: when you say lots now um, when you say lots what are we talking a dozen more less
12: um how many about about 20 and that's just who I've been to um but but normally when you, when you read the documentation um these things would be investigated but you're over a certain age now and and it's kind of or you're just left to it. You're um, left to it.
0: And those people probably won't go on the government website and use the yellow card reporting system, will they? Probably no, probably no.
12: Not. And and they they won't put it down to the vaccination. A lot of the people I talk to, they're very proud that they've, they've had both vaccinations. They can't wait for the booster. I, I can't say much in my position. Yeah, fair I, enough. I don't, I, I don't advocate it at all. I, I and And if I'm asked about it, I will be honest
0: to to a point. Listen, I think what you've done today is um, very, very important and very valuable because I know later on this part of the show will be shared around social media by people. It's very important that you keep your identity secret. Take my word for it now. Don't be sending any information to anybody via email unless you use a... A, a special email um, provider or something where it's encrypted, but I'd just be a bit careful about that, Laura. And all I can say is, you know, look after yourself and and uh, your husband and, and your child. You can send me a hello message if you want uh, without sending me any info uh, from, yeah. um, from your private email and I'll pick it up and I'll stay in touch with you and we'll maybe pick this up again in the future. But uh, I, I'm yeah. glad you came on today.
12: I'm sorry that I haven't been able to articulate everything very well. I, it was just the last minute. My husband sent me that you was doing the the, the ringing. So I, I, you know, normally I would have prepared so I could kind of I articulate dare. everything better. I
0: wouldn't dare patronise you, Laura. You couldn't have been any more articulate in saying what you said. Listen back later on. You've been brilliantly. Articulate, we understand it, and you know you've endorsed what Jackie Devoy has said. You're you're no companion or friend or colleague of Jackie Devoys You're a nurse. You're not the first nurse to get in touch with me to say that the midazolam information that the, the the claims being made by the families are probably true. It's horrifying stuff. So, no, you've been brilliantly articulate. I,
12: I would just... Sorry, I, I, I know you've got everyone ringing in. I'd just like to say one thing about Jackie DeVoy, right, um, just, just to disagree with her on one point, um, is when she has said about nurses ringing families and saying, you know, they're going to pass away, and, and she says that we wouldn't know that... Um, in a lot of the in a lot of a lot of the time with experience you you would know that the patient is in the last hours that there are the breathing changes the coloring changes you know the feet the, the legs might become muscle you, you do you do get to know signs that i've worked in healthcare for about 17 years, 15 years now and you you do um kind of get an idea not all the time but I know Jackie Davi said, you know, nurses wouldn't know that to, to ring you and say that they haven't got long left. But I, 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 you do know nurses, and not all the time, but in a in a, a if someone has been on the end of life pathway for a few days, then you do get to know the signs. You know, they, they do change. So I would just like to to make that point.
0: It's a good uh, point. But, and but
12: I I agree with everything else. Well, I should have said. picked
0: um I should have picked Jackie up on that point. I didn't. I do remember her saying that. And I should have made the point at the time. I normally would make the point that, that I would have said, look, Jackie, you're not a nurse. But um, that's a good right of reply there, Laura. Well, I'm, I'm going to try and do it now because so many calls have come in. I'm going to lose the number. I'm going to try and make a very quick um, um, note of of, um, of your number while I'm chatting with you there. Uh, because uh, I'd like to, to stay in touch with you. I'm doing it now as I speak to you. This is multitasking now. You think as a nurse you're good at multitasking? You want to be a radio (laughs) producer, Laura, I'm telling you. We've got it going on. Right, I've made a note of your number, I think, have I? Yes, I have, indeed. Look, thanks for coming on and sharing that with us, Laura, and I'll be in touch with you. Yeah, thanks.
12: Thank you for everything you do. Not at all, I don't do anything.
0: Thanks, Laura. Thanks very much. Um, I I don't do anything, and that's not modesty. It's a platform, and uh, the platform is important, isn't it? Because where else is Laura going to go? You know, she's not going to go on national or or local radio to talk about this stuff because they won't have her on. Uh, Before we take our next call...
1: It's your call on the Richie Allen Show tonight. Skype chat with Richie or call 0161 818 2018. If you're calling from overseas, it's plus 44 161 818
0: 2018. Now, I always ask people to be succinct and to be to the point. I know... I know that um, we gave Laura a good 20 minutes there, but that was hugely important. But I'm going to ask you now to be as brief as you can because there's a huge backlog of calls uh, now. Adam, welcome to the programme. How are you?
11: I'm not bad, mate. How are you?
0: I'm very well, thanks. It's been a long time. We have spoken before, but a long time ago, I do I believe.
11: That, I don't remember that.
0: Have we not? <laughs> no. Oh, well, there you are. No, do you know what, Adam? I, the name, I'm not going to give your surname, but it seems very familiar to me. I'm wrong. So even better, it's the first time he's spoken. You're welcome to the programme. What would you like to say, Adam?
11: Oh, dear, where do we start, Richie? When well, my dad was alive, and my dad had a really interesting life. He was 53 when he had me. Was he? And he served in uh, uh, South Africa. He served, he went to India. Uh, um, he uh, was a g- very good pianist, and he was very, very unlucky as well.
0: How was he unlucky?
11: He was unlucky because he was the closest person to major success, but didn't make it.
0: But he travelled all over the world with presumably with the, the armed forces. I think you've said that he, he was. He, uh, he
11: couldn't fly because he was colour He always said about that that he was useless. But uh, in, this, in, in the uh, 70s, he was, uh, he was in London and he was making lots of songs and big into music, good pianist. And he, uh, he actually, and this is no word of a lie, Richie, had a song accepted by Elvis Presley.
0: He had a song accepted by the king of rock and roll, Adam. Indeed, indeed, this is yeah. an interesting it turn. Was
11: called, it was called Johnny Was a Soldier. And um, uh, there was another time when he was in London. And uh, I think it was Bernard Brown, who was the manager of Apple. I could be wrong, but... And he was travelling down in the lift with Bernard Brown, and he says, you've cracked it now, Ken. The Beatles have got one of your songs. I mean, Dad never heard another thing.
0: You're kidding me.
11: So everybody always laughs when I I
0: mention not. A lot of
11: people, of course. I'm not
0: laughing at all. Tell me, did did Elvis... I
11: can send you one of his songs that nearly made it, but was out at the very same time, but Elton John had Daniel out.
0: Did did Elvis record the song your dad gave him?
11: No, no, he, he died. Uh, Shortly after the song was accepted, the guy that accepted it was on Savile Row in London, his name was Paul Rich, and he says, I'll get this in Elvis Presley's library, and shortly after, uh, the king joined the Lord.
0: No way. And what sort of impact did this have on your father?
11: Well, my dad dad was very disappointed, but he was pragmatic, and what my dad used to say to me when he was alive is, Adam, we're run by criminals.
0: And did he, did he expand on that? Because he's, he,
11: I mean, he was a Labour man all his life. I mean, was a, a uh, uh, he, he, he was a traditional left. He was a traditional guy. I mean, he, he gave money to the miners during the strike. Uh, he uh, uh, used to entertain the kids and ask the kids to uh, think for themselves uh, when religious people would occasionally come to the door and invite them in. And he'd have uh, long conversations and, and say to them, look, think. Think. I'm not going to mention what religious groups they were, but yeah. my dad didn't like it when people were brainwashed. I
0: could, I could guess you're talking Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses. Those are the ones that used to knock on <laughs> our doors, anyway. God, so God loved them. Yeah,
11: but, but so yeah, yeah. And my dad always taught me to think for myself. And I'm, I'm thinking a lot about this COVID business. And I'm thinking, um, you know, we're not being told the whole story, Richie. We're not being told the whole story. There's something more to it than this, and I, and. When we say that they care about people, I think about the people in trailer parks in America, the people who have had the job shipped abroad, the people that are dying from alcoholism in despair, the people that have got no rights. And I think about all this. I think about the people with cancer and heart disease. You know, and, you know, I feel desperately sorry for anybody who's lost their life through COVID. Of course I do. Uh, A death is a tragedy. I wouldn't be as insensitive enough to say that. But you know but the money that's being spent how many people are going to die as a result and and what how many people die because of america's privatized health system richie
0: well you couldn't you couldn't put a number to that adam you're absolutely right look you mentioned trailer parks there are people living under bridges in new york and in los angeles tent cities mm. uh many of these people have served their country they've been in the military and were were were, were left to fend for themselves when they came home haven't been yeah. exposed to God knows what, like, what you know, horrors, unimaginable horrors. I hear sometimes from former uh, soldiers here in the UK, not, not often, but sometimes, and they say, Richie, the things that we were exposed to, you know, and then you're more or less left to your own devices when you come back. Adam, what do you think is going on then? Um, you, you quite rightly say a death is tragic, regardless of whether it's COVID or, or heart disease, but we shouldn't prioritise, you I know, COVID think- over anything. What do you think is really going on?
11: I think Richie, that you've got a disease which is which is tragic, and I, I'd like to emphasise again, but I feel desperately, desperately sorry for uh, anybody who's got this illness. And as somebody who knows nothing about medicine, it would be arrogant of me and stupid of me to even suggest that I do. But but I, th- I look at the illness, and I don't look at the illness in isolation. I look at it separately, and I think that this is going to be used to to uh, to to let bigger players into the NHS, to let the private sector into the NHS to cut back on social services, to cut back on care, um, and to privatise large, large areas of the uh, health service.
0: Something your father, um, God rest him, would have been aghast. Mortified. Uh, at Mortified. The, the idea that you would sell off the NHS and that eventually people would increasingly be expected to pay for their own care, even though they're having the bejesus taxed out of them day in, day out. His generation would be horrified. But I agree with you. One aspect of this is destroy the NHS and yeah. and privatise it. Sell off what's left of it. Absolutely.
11: Sell off what's left of it. And uh, the social care business as well. You see, I don't think, Richie, when it comes to social care, I don't think, and, and you could, I mean, give me your opinion, I don't think they like the idea of ordinary people passing wealth on. And what they're looking at now is they're looking at the wealth that's tied up in people's homes and they're thinking, well, you know, we want everybody to have a mortgage, or we want everybody to pay rent, because that's one of the ways, absolutely. in a sense, you keep a population in line.
0: Absolutely, you're one hundred percent destroying
11: destroy right. wealth of in ordinary middle class families. So people, to pass on. you're absolutely so right. Every-
0: Pe- people are coming to the people come to the end of their working life, and yep. they've paid off their mortgage. It's it's broken yep. their backs, but they've managed to do it. They've also paid in thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds of national insurance contributions. Um, it, It is their absolute right to expect now that they will be looked after by the state and that if they need a social care visitor, they'll be given one. If they need a comfortable, clean... And and you you know and and hospitable care home they will be given it they are entitled to think that they should not have to worry about selling off their home in order to pay for their care because they've already paid for it five times over you are one hundred percent right absolutely thank
11: you, for, Richard, thank you for that but I don't, I don't believe that's conspiratorial I think that like what they've done is they've broken the unions uh the the last big struggle was caused for minor strikes so they've broken the unions. Are, um, they've deregulated the financial system, they've made it virtually illegal for people to go on strike. And what we've also done is they've allowed a free movement of labour. Now, I'm all for immigration. I support people who want to come to this country and, and work. Uh, one of my closest friends, you know, uh, was from Iran. So I support that. But what I don't support is allowing people to cross borders to undercut wages and conditions. But
0: Adam, Adam, look, Adam, look what they've done to us. You're a trade unionist. Your father was a Labour trade unionist. I'm a trade unionist. When, when I used to identify myself as something, I would have called myself a Bolivarian socialist. That's what I would have said. Yeah. Look at what they've reduced this to. They've mm-hmm. reduced this to the caveats. We, we, we don't feel that we can say what we want to say without the caveat. Like you said there, Richie, I'm not, you know, anti-immigrant. Uh, I'm not... I know you're not. Some of no. the some of the greatest trade unionists of all time warned and warned and warned about the free movement of labor across borders. About allowing people co- co- come in from countries and we're not talking about you know what we're, we're not talking about people of color. We're talking about people coming in from Eastern Europe, people who come in because they because the the wages and conditions are better here. And we were warned about the impact that would have on working class communities. There's nothing xenophobic about talking about that. Tony Cor- Benn talked about Cor- it. Yeah. Corbyn used to talk about it. Yeah, you're absolutely yeah. right. But
11: Corbyn, Corbyn was too weak. Um, you know, I, he had some very good ideas, but he said nothing about immigration. I, he pandered to his enemies, and therefore they
0: destroyed him. They destroyed him. He and pandered Cor- to would his woke enemies Yeah. Adam, do me a favour, just before I move on, because we've been on 10 minutes now, my friend, and lots of calls are piling up. Can I just say this? And this is going to sound like virtue signalling, but it isn't. Can I just say this? Despite the fact that Elvis Presley passed away, your dad made it. He obviously made it. You said he came very close to making it, but he didn't. The fact okay, that or- I'd like to send
11: you a song. I'd like to send you one. Of oh,
0: do songs. do. We'll send it through. Send me a message through the website, and I'll get in touch with you. And you can send me the MP3. So the very fact, to- the very fact that RCA, Columbia, whoever it was, who, who Elvis's record company at the time, that Elvis is going to do it means your dad made it, Adam. Of course, he made it. God rest him. What was his name before we move on? His name was Ken Humphries. Ken Humphries. Well, I'll, yeah. I'll have a beer, a cold beer after this program, and I promise I'll raise a beer uh, to we'll Ken I will get the
11: record. As I say, never made it, but that—that uh, that was it. He I did make you, it. Know, he did.
0: He did. The King of Rock and Roll was going to record one of his songs before he well, died. He, he did make it, Adam. Yeah. It's been lovely meeting you, mate. Thanks, Thanks for coming been, on the program Speaking today. To
11: us all, Richie, and I'll, I'll get back to you and. Uh Keep flying the flag,
0: won't you? I will indeed. Thanks, Adam. Lovely call, dad. Adam Humphreys, whose dad, Ken, travelled the world, the army, saw South Africa, saw a lot of places, uh, played the piano, could write songs. And uh, Elvis was going to sing one of his songs before Elvis popped his clogs, as we say here in Plighty. Popped his clogs. This is the Richie Allen Radio Show. Your call, 12 minutes past six, back to the mobile phones. Caller, welcome to the programme. Who am I speaking with? Hello, Richie. Um, It is. Who am I I talking to?
13: Ah, you're talking to Mike from uh, very sunny North Shields, Tyne and Weir.
0: How you doing? North Shields, eh? Mike, it's warm and sunny everywhere, pal. It's glorious today. It's
13: been a beautiful day. It's been a beautiful Uh, day. Welcome to the
0: programme, mate. You've got the floor. What would you like to say?
13: Thank you. Well, I've got got a question for the listeners first, but I just want to go back to uh, Boris uh, talking about compulsory vaccinations, how many healthcare workers are going to lose. Yeah, uh, I've got I've got a sister out in Australia, she lives in Melbourne, she's been in healthcare now for about 10 years, retrained for it, she's in her late 50s now, and she's basically been given a, a fortnight to get her jabs, uh, or she's
0: fired. A fortnight, get jabbed or get out, she's been told.
13: That's right, after uh, nine years of devoted service, so... They called her to the office. She had a meeting with them, took uh, some paperwork, you know, my human rights. Uh, there's no uni involved out there at all. So uh, she went on her own and she put forward her concerns about the Vax. And uh, they texted her back and said, if you've got any concerns about the Vax, see your GP.
0: See your GP, they said to her. She must be absolutely devastated, Mike.
13: She's furious after nine years of uh, devoted to... I mean, she, it's a hard gig. She's in her late 50s now. Uh, and I've said to her, you know, what are you going to do? There's uh, plenty of other jobs about, supermarket or something. I thought, oh my God, what a waste. What a
0: waste of talent.
13: Absolutely. Melbourne has really suffered uh, big style. Um, but I j- if I can, Richie, I just want to... Hey, just before you your... do,
0: of course, you can yeah. ask the listeners, anything. just before you do, they 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 brought out Australia's version of the National Guard did they in Melbourne or did they put the army out I know in some parts of Oz they've actually yeah. arrested people for not wearing masks on the street it's mental that's right
13: is it absolutely it's it's dreadful in Melbourne they've tried to protest a few times and the, and the police just went in really heavily handed and uh, yeah and the army have been out on the streets they've been knocking on doors just checking oh, where people are Uh, Checking to see if they've been vaxxed Uh, Dreadful
0: God, I pity your sister Nine years of service I
13: do I do as well. I love the country. I've been there many, many times. I I don't even think I'm going to get out there again. You might not, Mike. And just before you say, you
0: won't. Well, it it, it sounds like, again, it's none of my business. Don't uh, think you have to answer this. But it sounds like you're not going to have the jab. So I don't think you'll be going anywhere. Before you say what you came on to say, has your Mm -hmm. sister given you any indication in terms of what do her colleagues, are her colleagues like her? Is she on her own? Are there more like her?
13: yeah, she's got some colleagues that she's conversed with. Six have left in the last month, so they haven't stuck it out. And I've advised her just stick it out until they dismiss you, and then you've got some comeback, hopefully. But um, I'm not holding my breath, Richie. It's dreadful. Yeah, it's dreadful. I, Good luck to her. I feel so, so sorry for. Actually, the point I want to get across to the we're all like-minded uh, uh, listeners, and thanks for what you've been doing. You've kept me sane for the last couple of years. Thanks. Um, That's all. I feel really frustrated um whatever i try and do i try protesting uh but whatever i try and say just falls on deaf ears i don't know whether the rest of the listeners feel like that um i'm I'm sick and tired of trying to convince people you know to my train of thought yeah we've all got our different ideas but at the end of the day listen to what i'm saying uh I'm sure there's loads of people out there just thinking, I'm so frustrated. Where do we go from here? And I honestly feel, and, and some of the protests have been fantastic. I've been to a couple in Newcastle, uh, like-minded people there, all, you know, conversing, saying the same sort of things. Uh, and, and London especially, they, they've done remarkably well. But what's it going to achieve, Richie? Is it going to, in? is it going to just achieve anything?
0: I don't know. And M- I suppose MSN, I would say... The, yeah. MSN won't
13: report on it. No, they Whatever won't. Whatever you do, there's no way.
0: Well, it was farcical. ago when, at one time during the summer, one of the marches in London, right, I'm not going to say a million, but from what I understand, some very smart people. I, I know Richard Tice, I know he's done it a couple of times, the, the former yeah, yeah. reform guy. He had a helicopter up. You're looking yes. at... A couple of hundred thousand, probably more people there.
13: I think it was a lot more. Yeah. A lot more. Let's say a lot yeah. more.
0: I would agree with that. And you're absolutely right there. Nothing from the BBC. Nothing.
13: Nothing whatsoever. It's dreadful. Um, I just I just don't watch it anymore mainstream. There's a couple of... I listen to yourself. There's a few others I listen to as well. Um, I, I recently started listening to talk radio, but now I'm not sure about it. Um, and after all these years, I mean, I'm 70, I'm retired, so I've got all the time on my hands, really. Um, I've, I think I've joined the dots. Um, I've been down all the rabbit holes for the last couple of decades, you know, um, and I followed people like Dolores Cahill, Mike Eden, uh, even David Ike, um, Sherry Tempany over in America, Del Bigtree, Stu Peters. Um, even Alex Jones who taught me a lot years and years ago and I thought my God what's this about yeah but but, you know and then I follow a couple of a couple of guys over in Australia as well because obviously my connections with my sis God bless her so um, can I ask you Mike can I ask
0: you do you go to your local stand in the park are you involved in that
13: I don't because I I really there are a couple going but I don't think it does much honest Richie what's Standing in the park, you should be standing outside government buildings.
0: No, I agree. It's, it's, I agree, but th- yeah. there is a but. There is a but. I've I've had quite a bit of contact from people involved in various stand in the park groups around the country. Yeah, and yeah. to be fair, many of them are doing uh, considerably more than just standing around. You know, they are engaging with people and they are talking about things that they can do in their own community to alert yeah. people, whether that be leafleting people, you yeah, know. I, so, so, I'm, so, yeah, I hear good things yeah, about yeah. it. I hear good things about it. Yeah, Give it a try, yeah, Mike, yeah, anyway.
13: I, 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 I may do. Um, well, I think I probably will. Um but yeah, thank goodness I've got like minded children. Uh, we just started a podcast a couple of weeks ago because I thought it was the best time the family got together. Give it a
0: plug. Give That's it a that. plug, Mike. Where can we hear us? Um, Go on.
10: It's,
13: it's on all the platforms. Uh, it's called Four Worlds, Four Worlds Podcast. And it's me basically with my three kids who are, thank goodness, all awoke. Uh, discussing what's happened over the last couple of years and uh, what's happening now, basically. And I think more families should get together around the table and discuss what on earth... I'm not doing it for me. I'm not doing it for my kids. I'm doing it for my grandchildren grandchildren. now.
0: What did you say it's called again? Because I didn't quite catch it. Is it Four... It's
13: it's called Four Worlds Podcast. Four Worlds.
0: Spell it for me. F-O-U-R.
13: F-O-U-R. W-O-R-L-D-S, Four Worlds
0: Podcast. Four Worlds, yeah. You see, you're speaking clearly. I'm just a deaf, thick paddy Uh, sometimes. I'm deaf as a (laughs) post. Four (laughs) Worlds. Four Four Worlds Podcast, lovely. That's
13: Uh, right. It's on all the platforms, hopefully. Uh, I don't understand it, Paul. my his son does all the tech stuff, but it's just us sitting around for an hour or so, just talking about all sorts.
0: Sounds good to me, uh, Mike. Before I move on and take another yep. call, because th- th- quite a lot are coming through, uh, yep. f- just mention again, Four Worlds podcast. Check it out, Mike and his family. Sounds f- I am going to check it out, Mike. I will check Great. it out and I, and I will leave a note to tell you that I've listened to it. Uh, my ah, word is brilliant. gold. No, I, I'll do that. Is there anything you wanted to say that you might regret later on you didn't say just before I, I move on? And thanks for coming on. I've enjoyed speaking with you.
13: Yeah, thanks, Richie. I've enjoyed speaking to you. First time caller as well. Uh, Yeah, I just think we're all like-minded people. All your listeners are like-minded people. Some of the guests you get on, fantastic. I don't agree with all of them. Uh, But yeah, let's just keep fighting, whether it comes to, we just got to say no, Richie, just got to say no, no more. 100%
0: One hundred percent right, Mike. You'll get no arguments from me. Mike in North Shields. Thanks so much for your call today. Lovely to speak with you. Uh, the best way to reach me is simply to uh, Skype me. It's chat with Richie. All one word chat with Richie. Or it's o one six one eight one eight two zero one eight o one six one eight one eight two zero one eight. You can uh, look. I'm probably better off to play the jingle, right? <laughs>
1: It's your call on the Richie Allen Show tonight. Skype chat with Richie or call 0161 818 2018. If you're calling from overseas, it's plus 44 161 818
0: 2018. And it's uh, 21 minutes past the hour. I think I've got Amy on Skype. I think so. Is it Amy?
14: Hi, can you hear me?
0: Loud and clear, Amy. You're very welcome to the programme. Where are you?
14: Oh my goodness, I'm in the Pacific Northwest of America.
0: I shouldn't have said it like that, so I shouldn't. It sounded very, it almost sounded very, I don't know, Stormtrooper-esque. Where are you, Amy? (laughs) (laughs) I shouldn't have said it like that. Listen, you're very welcome to the programme, and uh, nice to meet you. You know how it goes. You take over now.
14: I do. Well, first I want to, Mike and Laura and Adam and everybody, um, I think we all need to have a big collective wow in the world, right?
7: Yeah. Oh
14: yeah. No, we really should. I um this is part of why I'm calling. I actually want to talk about about Mark Bierski, but we need to like we need to realize this is all real. And none of us know what to do. And we don't really know what's coming, but we know it's we know everything's shifted and it's d- different and it's not going back. So anyway.
0: An um, acceptance you mean, Amy. There needs to be an acceptance that there's been a well, shift
14: almost like uh, you know like when if you have if you've had someone die yes and the shock and there's that moment where you go oh it's real they're dead yeah um we kind of need to have that i think that collective whoa okay
0: can i ask you are you saying that because you feel that among certain people there's still a kind of there's still for some people there is the illusion that they can get their old yeah. life back and they just can't let yeah. go of that.
14: Yeah, yeah I and agree. I think that's all, all of us. I mean, from the people who think nothing's wrong and just take the jabs and go with what's going on and the people going, no, wait, something's, we don't want these jabs. We, you know, I, everybody is sort of just scrambling and trying to keep going and I think we just need to take a breath.
0: How would you do that I don't know, yeah, which is which is I don't know either i I agree with you just by do the way, it. just do it you know yeah. just
14: admit that this is different and and and
0: I think I've done that, do you know that
14: you, yeah,
0: I think I might have done, yeah, last november i i i i i've never been one to get so down that I would you know, do anything silly or think of doing anything silly. But I I really hit rock bottom last November and I really mourned for the way things used to be. And things weren't great, really, Amy, so they weren't. <laughs> they weren't great back then either. But I, I had this period of where it was dreadful and I got out of it and I accepted, I think, because I might be wrong, I might be kidding myself, I might be lying to myself, but I think I've accepted that it ain't going to be the way it yeah. used to be, and yeah. maybe there's opportunity in that, in accepting yeah. that. Maybe,
14: maybe it is it, exactly um, that sense of having that. What's the song? You know, um, wouldn't ah, it's one of the uh, Crosby, Stills, and Nash songs. You know, um, time to cry. Or it's, we need that moment to like go ahead, take a sob, take a cry, and then then figure it out.
0: Now you mentioned um, Mark, Mark by yours.
14: Yeah. I was floored when I heard him on your show I don't know how many times back. He said that they suddenly his he and his people or the healers couldn't connect with the people that they were working with. I I do counseling for people, mainly through the tarot. And I I and it's all remote and I had that I, I I was like screaming in my room when I heard him say that because I had that exact same experience
0: it resonated with you that evening
14: I had that experience I had um, everybody that I talked to it was funny the one person I, I'd, I, of course I can't say names and everything but um one of my clients i didn't well I didn't know anybody had had it I knew one person was considering and they had, I can't give medical advice and I don't give medical advice in my, it's not my business In my job. Um, but you know, we talk about concerns in this and somebody had been concerned and, and they had asked, well, I just said, you know, it's up to you, just make sure you have information. They're like, well, what information do you have? And so I sent it. It was so funny the morning. I, I, I woke up that morning. I was like, I got to send this now. Well, it turned out that person had, They called, they wanted to call that day we spoke and he said, yeah, I got your info, but I I went ahead and and got it this morning.
0: Had the job anyway.
14: And what was so funny, well, it wasn't funny at all. What was ironic? He, um, they were not, uh, they were not really there and I had the hardest time. Like the cards didn't work. I couldn't connect to him. I did, but I didn't know they'd had it before. Um, and, and then I had a second person that, like, I threw out the cards. Couldn't make a connection. Couldn't make a connection. Make the, I always throw out the cards first. I always do a pre-reading before I get on the call. So I kind of know where things are going to Couldn't make a connection. This person, I didn't know they were planning on having it. Didn't know they had had it. And they're talking and they're frantic and said so they just had this horrible week. Of being really anxious and really it was like I was falling down I couldn't speak and I'm like and I can't and I'm thinking to myself I can't connect with you so he said can I ask did you did you go ahead and, and get the shot well yes I did how did you know well okay third time it happened again and so when I heard Mark say that I just I it was that feeling of, uh, I just every time I try to connect with these people I couldn't let me just um, let, right me, after.
0: let me just remind not remind but explain for people who don't know mark bajarski is uh, he, he runs the pure energy uh, healing academy in um in spain and uh, he's a friend of the programs and he's a really nice guy he's been a a, a healer uh, for for many many years and a few months back he came on the program and he said that he said he was reluctant to say it because he felt, felt that he might incur the wrath of other healers. But he said he mm-hmm. was finding it difficult to make connections with um, some people that he later found out had had a COVID jab. And this is of great concern to him. And I, I, I can say this and this is true, but I can't say who. But another healer was in touch with me later on, somebody else who's, who's kind of well known, and said, I've had that experience as well, Richie. I know you're saying it now, Amy.
14: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I I've wanted to call ever since I heard Mark say that because I, I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, I thought it was just me. I thought maybe I was just being weird. It, it, was, it was true. It has gotten better. And I don't know if that's because I've adjusted or, you know.
0: Hey, this is too. important. This is important. Hang on. When you say it's gotten better, you, you believe that you can work through that?
14: It's, it's, the connection has returned. So, and I don't know if it's because now it's, you know, months past for all of them, you know, past the jabs that either they're maybe more realigned or I just now know how to tune into where they're at.
0: That's good I don't news, know which, Amy. But
14: it is, it's definitely, it definitely did repair, but it was, it was really weird, especially in the first, I would say four weeks for each
0: For yeah, each for anyway. each for each um client or or person you were caring for, and and you're on the Pacific Northwest. You said, "Can I ask you? Have you personally come under pressure to have it? And um, what will um, what will life be like for you? I know it's going. I know it sounds like a stupid question because we've already talked about how there needs to be an acceptance that life is going to change. That if this is a big war against a very dark entity, th- this particular battle is one that we might." draw or or we might lose it doesn't mean we'll lose in the end I, I I totally agree with that but but what what does it mean for you in terms I don't of know if it's a
14: dark entity it's so much I mean a dark I'm not energy
0: or whatever yeah
14: bash anyone who thinks that way, but I do think this is something that's been with us for i mean humankind to all. If you go back and look at history, there's always something that is afraid of life. And there is always something that wants to try to tear it down. Yeah. You know, and and, and there's something that's definitely been working. It's a mindset, maybe a consciousness. That a way, a limitation in some people and those people tend to get really powerful. Um, And they always just kind of get afraid of life and death and joy and they're killing, you know, they want to kill plants and they want to kill babies and they want to kill that person and that person. I don't know. I mean, hum- humanity has been through all of this. It's just, this is big because now we all know we've got social media that definitely is a big impact. Um, where I'm at, uh, I'm lucky that I work at home. I'm lucky that I'm really isolated and, and anyway, I, I don't do much in, in, the outer world, but where I live is quite frightening. This could turn into a witch hunt in two seconds.
0: Yeah, that that's true. It, that
14: it really could. Yeah. I, the the attitudes out there um, are shocking to me.
0: We might see this coming winter. I know it's different where you are, but I think this winter in Europe, I think we might see people begin to turn on one another as mm-hmm. as life becomes more harsh and austere and difficult. I think the the witch hunt is a very good way of putting it. I think those who have declined the jabs might find themselves in confrontations. Yeah, I yes. I, I I see that. Yeah, definitely.
14: I do too. I fear that it's 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 it, out out here that, um, on on the you know on Facebook. You can always go like your hometown sites. You can you know uh I get to see a lot of the chat there. And where I am, everybody is so... I'm in one of the highest jabbed places in the United States. And this island in particular. And uh, nobody understands why nobody else is getting it. The the vitriol that's out there is just awful. That's another thing that I've noticed. Everybody on that... I don't want to say that side, but everybody on that side... Man, they're just nasty and mean, and the the words that come out of their mouth are stupid. It's like, oh obviously you're a Trump supporter, obviously you're this It's
0: nonsense yeah They've, it's
14: it's not it's not even intelligent speak it's just like everybody's internal anger and everything that they ever felt indignant about is getting spewed yeah,
0: it's jingoistic nonsense yeah. is what it is, and it's weird, and it's definitely coming a lot of it is definitely coming from social media so if you if you if you if you've allowed yourself to be boxed in and what i mean by boxed in is if you've allowed yourself to be assigned an identity or a label like you're 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 you're, you're on the left you're a liberal well you've got to think that the non-mask wearer and the unjabbed well they're a horrible hateful selfish person so Mm -hmm. you're your next thing is then to abuse those people and call them selfish and yeah. hateful and anti-society. It's, it's amazing how people allow themselves to be boxed into that. And you're right, on that side is where you'll see the vitriol and the hatred. I think that people who have gone about and worn the masks and who have done everything that they have been told to do, I find those people pitiful and I find them very unhelpful, but I don't abuse them, I don't shout at them, no. I don't threaten them. Never have I don't, done.
14: I don't either. I yeah. feel very sad and, and I want to help. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Well, my mom used to say labels are for jelly jars and I always <laughs> She's right. really I hate to be pinned. It's like I'm not a this or that or the anything. It, 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 I actually wanted to start a game on Facebook. Like, okay, go ahead, put me in a hole.
7: Yeah. <laughs> because yeah.
14: I can block my way out of it because I'm not any one of these things that everybody, you know what I mean? What we have,
0: have, Amy, is this binary choice tactic that they've been using for many years now. Whatever, it doesn't matter what the issue is. This binary choice, you're either on this side or you're on that side. They've removed any room for for nuance and for discussion. The the current example of that, of course, is the the so-called transgender issue. Most of us that are decent... We have empathy, maybe not empathy, because we haven't experienced it, but we have sympathy for people who have gender dysphoria and if we are confronted in our daily lives by you know by somebody who's got identity issues, we are sympathetic and we would you know help them if we could, and we certainly wouldn't be intolerant of them uh, that's nuance, you know, but at the same time, we don't want to see men declare themselves one day to be women and then to to, to use that you know as a way to to I- impose upon female only spaces and cause anxiety yeah. to women, so that's a big nuanced thing. But you can't speak like that. You, you're you're either totally yeah. on board with the agenda, and if you're not, well, you're a transphobic, hateful bastard. Excuse me. Well, exactly. And that's not that's exactly. not how the nuance world doesn't work like that. that. Is the that. right
14: word in poetry? It's like the poetry of life is being sucked out. Yes. And you know, I, I I've I've no. Uh, Again, like you were saying earlier, that we have to qualify everything, but it's—I'm not qualifying. I—I I want to say to anybody who thinks they're getting their day in court right now, whether that be women or transgender people or what have you, black people—it, I—I, you guys aren't getting your. All I want to say is no one's getting their day in court. If this is getting loud on the news, then you've got to be aware that they don't like you any better than they ever did.
7: Absolutely.
14: You're just being used. And all the people who have ever been, well, pretty much everybody's been subjugated at some point in history. And we should all know this. We should be keen to this. Don't take the bait. People is one-on-one human beings communities yes we 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 are supportive and we we'll, we love everybody but this when it becomes political i don't know why the radars aren't going off i don't know why the red flags aren't coming up
0: maybe it's going to take something else amy maybe something else is going to happen or maybe something will need to happen in order to raise the majority's level of consciousness to to understand that. I'm going to take um, some more calls. I I get some abuse, Amy, you wouldn't believe it. I'm, 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 it's me. It's always me. I say to people, keep it succinct, but I, I enjoy listening to what people have to say and we can't move people on, you know, so. Thank
14: you. And, um, Hey, I got to talk to a celebrity too.
0: I get to- uh, No, you didn't, that's- Amy. I don't yeah, get I, I don't get recognised in my own it. street. I'd love to have that experience for 20 minutes so that I could come back and say it's dreadful. No, 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 there's no celebrity here. Uh, I don't get recognised in my own house sometimes, Amy. And that's a difficult thing uh, well, to have to... Well, none of us do in
14: our own house. No, well, in our come own on, houses. Take it, enjoy it. And thank you very much
0: for your show. So it was an honour to speak with you. I hope to speak with you again well. in the future, Amy. Thanks so much for your call. Lovely call from Amy who uh, works in therapy, um, didn't say exactly what, but is working in ter- therapy or counselling, and uh, definitely is a spiritualist, does a bit of reading, mentioned the cards there and said, did Amy, didn't she, that uh, just like Mark Bajerski said to me some time ago, tarot cards, yes, tarot cards, and being advised here by my muse in Cleggen, Uh Just like Mark, she said that finding it, difficult to connect with people who've been jammed. I am going to take two or three more calls before seven o'clock. Uh, Ron, welcome. It's been a long time. How are you? Welcome back to the programme. Hi, Richie. How are you? You're looking well. The octogenarian there. I'm going to say that. It's very rude. It's very rude to do that. Ron. I know Ron. I know Ron through uh, the program. I know him through social media. He's a gentleman. Ron spoke to us a year and a half ago or, or just a bit less when he was getting harassed and harangued by his GP to have the jab. And I think, Ron, if memory serves, when you said no, thanks, they threatened you with the decline list. And you said, oh. well, put me on to the client list. How are you, pal? And, and more importantly, how is Gene?
10: We're, we're both yeah. uh, keeping you. well. We're fighting fit. Um, I've been offered my flu jab and totally ignored them.
0: Go on. Um, they don't no learn, space. Ron. They don't learn, do they? They keep they calling don't. you.
10: They don't. I, don't want, I don't want to be too long because I'd like you to get at least another call or a couple of calls in. Thank you, Ron. But I just wanted to say, as you know, you know my age. Um, we just uh, doctors... Um, we've been avoiding them for a long time, as much as we can. I mean, Jean had a major heart attack 25 years ago and she brilliantly came through it and what have you. I had one about five years ago and I ended up on all sorts of pills and I felt as if I just didn't want to live after about three months. And it was horrendous. And we ended up going back to hospital, saw this so-called specialist nurse to do with hearts and I said, look, I've stopped this pill, that pill, the other pill, because I felt so bad. And she she said to me, if I was her father or her brother, she'd be stuffing the pills down my throat. Yeah. So um yes. I told her what I thought. And when she did her report, she got all the dates and everything else wrong, which I most enjoyed afterwards pointing out to her. <laughs> of course. Um you know, we, we we try to work to live, you know, eat well, have a nice drop of wine. Um, look after our health as much as we can. And really, I wouldn't want to go near a hospital if I could help it because I know what they might do to me.
0: Have you and Jean over the years then learning the things you've learned? So would you make sure then, because we we live in a country where we don't get a lot of sunlight, we know that. But we, we know that vitamin D3 and zinc, we know because we've been exposed to the things we've been exposed to, the things you don't hear on the mainstream media. So would you and Jean then over the years have been making sure that you get your vitamin D3 and your zinc and, and your magnesium, yes. that sort of stuff?
10: We do. We we don't use pills because, as Jean always says, there's so much. Um, what is it um, that they're made of? Should uh, you tell yeah, me? You know, animal stuff and all sorts. There's hardly any vitamin D in the pills and all this sort of thing. So we work to have it in our food. This is interesting
0: Iran. Ron. Let's let's stay with this for a moment. Let's stay with this for a moment. So a lot of people would go down the supplement route, but you and Jean think maybe not.
10: No, there's there's not enough in it, in the supplements, we feel. So we work to have lots of vegetables um, and salads and... Any fish and and any sort of you know food that has the sort of things, the natural things you you want and, and need, and that's how we work at it.
0: And is that so? So at some point in time, well, you've told me you and Jean made a conscious decision to go down that route of adapting the diet. And could you say then that your both of your, um, your 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 health? Um, Basically took an upturn. Once you started doing that, you saw, you know, you saw a result, basically.
10: Well, basically, I think health genes, particularly in the the early days, do you remember um, uh, Major and Lamont um, in the early 90s? um, We had some horrendous times and Jean suffered so much stress and everything. And so that didn't help her then. I had a lot of stress about four or five years ago. And so I think stress comes so much into it and we've learned to work around the stress. And um, then, you know, as we said, we, we, we look after um, ourselves and what we eat and everything else. And that's made so much difference.
0: I love that, Ron. I love that. And so so, so Jean does most of the cooking then or all of the cooking. Oh,
10: yeah, she, she, she was a um, she was she she's been a brilliant cook for years and and i mean the the perfect one is dover sole we have it oh, um, yeah, yeah. grilled on the bone and uh, takes me back packed. to my
0: days in spain Lenguada a la plancha in spain <laughs> yeah. Lo- love a bit of sole and you you touched on something very important there yes yeah, stress stress is deadly isn't it oh. it can be deadly yeah.
10: stress is, is is an absolute killer. killer and i know i suffered the stress and everything else um about 5 years ago um since then we work at not getting stressed about anything. Um all this that's gone on, we we became very wise to it early on. And I, I just like to say to to the older people, be, be aware of yourself, look after yourselves. Um don't trust in doctors and, and these sort of people because believe me, the way I see it, the way it's gone. I can't believe the medical profession. I think they're an absolute disgrace. The majority. I'm not saying all, but I'm saying a hell of a lot of them.
0: Because if they spoke out, this could end tomorrow. If more of them spoke out, you mentioned yeah. Lamont and Major. So when Jean was unwell, I'm guessing that things were financially difficult for oh, you both e- at the time. Everything yeah? was very difficult then.
10: So, um, so can I, I ask dying, you?
0: I don't, I don't want to get, I don't want to get personal. The reason I mentioned that is, you said you know, about letting go of it. So I'm going to challenge you on that because if somebody is listening to this now and they're really in the soup, Ron, and they're worried about making the next mortgage payment, they might say, Ron and Jean, yes, look, yeah, you're right, yeah, but that's no good. How do I let go of that stress now? It's not going to pay the mortgage tomorrow. How did you do that?
10: It's very difficult to look back um, different people treat it different ways. Jean, it, it affected us so badly, um, the stress and, and what have you. Myself, I would tend to sleep half the day. I used to just fall asleep and ignore everything and, and possibly that's the way I handled it. Um, all I would say to people is that if you start to try and think beyond of where your problems are at this moment in time, um, everybody can get through anything and and i will admit that there there were times when i was seriously low um and when i look back now I'm serious but you you if you can be try to be positive and just think beyond because anybody can survive anything um if you don't let it Destroy you. You can survive it. Whatever happens,
0: you know, you 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 do recover. I can endorse that because, well, I've I've spoken about it once or twice over the years. Towards the end of our time in Spain, things were very very bleak, and mm. I I feared homelessness. I really did. I remember shaking well, my head one we, morning. We
10: were virtually we were virtually homeless. We ended up in where are you We are? had a close friend, that sadly passed away um nearly a year ago um and we ended up in in a caravan in a paddock and we had nothing and from from having all sorts um and everything we had nothing so we we've known being you know well off we've known nothing and you know it it I've learnt a lot in life and, and, and it's 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 done as good in the end, perhaps I don't know. I
0: agree with what you said there about the positivity. So if somebody is listening to this and they're financially in dire straits, hmm. it might sound ridiculous, but but please listen to what Ron said. When I was at my lowest ebb, I somehow found it within myself to to just take it morning by morning. I would go to bed and think, right, tomorrow I'm not going to get up and I'm not going to be down. I'm not going to walk around. I'm just going to keep trying. I'm going to keep sending my show reels. I'm going to keep sending my CVs. I'm going to get out with the dog. I'm going to, you know, have a walk in the park. I'm just going to do that. I'm going to speak to people, just random people, and say hello to them. I'm going to do those things. I think it does make a huge difference. You mightn't think it, but I think it does Ron. You know, you're right.
10: one day at a time, yeah. that that's the way you've got to think. And, and, and as you say, um, and I can, if, if you went through something similar to us, I really know what you went through. It, it's, it's, Not easy in any way, shape or form. It's more difficult
0: for men. Jean might want to slap me in the face for saying this. And, And she might be right to slap me in the face because it might sound a little bit sexist, but I'm old school me. You know, I thought at the time that the responsibility for... For our financial well-being was on me because I'm the man, the hunter-gatherer. Yeah. Now I know that is bloody probably sexist in this day and age, but that's how yeah. I felt, you know. My 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 better half sometimes says this to me. She says it must have been a bit harder for you because you feel like such a bloody failure, uh, yeah. and I certainly yeah. did, you know.
10: I just when when I say I slept a lot in the day, I just seemed to switch off. Yeah. I had to switch off. If if I didn't, I I don't know. Um as I say, the stress for Jean was, was 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 horrendous at the time, but, you know, you, you can work time. through it one day at a time. Um, I remember sitting once on a doorstep and I felt, is it worth going on? And yes. that was the only one time I was at a, an absolute low ebb. And I got through that day and from then on, it was one day at a time.
0: Was it Jean that got you through that day when you were thinking the dark thoughts? Was it yeah. what, what it would do to Jean yeah, and she, how she, she would have there. to pick up the pieces she then? Was there.
10: What, what would happen to her? What
0: would she do? Yeah. And so, you know, I worked on from there. You're brilliant, Ron. Both of you. It's great advice, mm-hmm. mate. We don't listen to... I don't want to be, again, I, I mentioned this well, earlier, I, I, I don't want to be patronising people, but you've lived your lives, you're still alive and you've got plenty of life left in you. But we don't listen I'm, to people like you enough, do we? We should listen a bit more.
10: Well, I'm, I'm bothered that, that I'm taking up time and, and other people are trying to get through. Um, but please, people, you you can get through this. And, you know, I I mean, I'm disabled now, walking wise and all this, so I damaged spine playing football and all sorts um, I can't go to the demonstrations and this sort of thing but I get so frustrated that
0: I can't do more but I wish I could You do plenty by talking to people Ron, thanks for getting in touch I'm glad you got through today and thanks Jean as well in the background there Great to hear from you Don't thank me, don't say Jesus wept Don't thank me, how you doing Jean?
10: Fine, thanks You thank look
0: fantastic you Jean, Jean by the way you look absolutely fantastic. I can see you on the. You can't see me because there's no camera on my setup here in the studio, <laughs> but no, you look great, Jean. Honestly, I'm some oh, charmer, okay. me. Eh? I could charm the birds out of the trees. No, you do. You look lovely. You look fantastic.
9: Thank you so much.
0: Not at right? all. But
9: listen, listen. Tell everybody, right? I mean, you're doing a great job. You're doing a great job, and you're keeping people going, right? And uh, people shouldn't give up hope because we're going to get these bastards.
0: Fantastic, Jean. A hey, great are. T- and.
10: Richie, to you to all your listeners, please I, I, I work on donating once a month I, some month, I don't do it as, a, as an amount because some months I can do more than others, but please donate to keep the show going it, it, it keeps
0: us all sane. you're very kind Ron. really do. thanks for the endorsement mate and um, best regards to you and Jean and I'm sure we'll talk again soon. Thank you Speak well, take, soon. Take thanks care, Ron.
10: everybody. You you and you and your good lady.
0: Brilliant, Ron. Thanks. That was Ron there and Jean. You heard Ron and Jean. Ron is um well you know Ron is an octogenarian. I'm not going to say Jean's age, I don't know for a start anyway, so I'm not going to, to, to tell you. But they're lovely. I've known them for a while. Now we've got about five minutes left and I'm gonna give those five minutes to Nicholas. Nicholas, welcome to the programme. How are you? Well, There's a bit of an echo there, a bit of a... Sp- ah, he's gone. He's blooming well gone. Let me try and get him back. Let me try and get him back. Let's do that. Uh, if you do get through, by the way, please uh, just turn down whatever thing you've got in the background there so there's I no echo. Turned, Nicholas, I
15: turned off. I was listening to the
0: show. Ah, you were listening. I'm- Welcome, by the way. How are you? He's gone again. I think he's disconnected me. <laughs> I've not disconnected him. He's disconnected me. He might be offline now. Right, Nicholas let's see can I get him on let's see can I get him on let's try him one more time we're running out of time the clock is ticking this Tuesday right Nicholas Hello. let's go for it third oh, time lucky there you are how are you my Rick. friend
15: I'm really really well thank you it's so nice to be talking to you finally. pleasure um, is
0: mine and, and thankfully the connection is strong we've got about four minutes so what would you like to say Nicholas okay. All right. Listen, I'll be
15: really, really brief. I've been trying to work. I've been looking at the way that we're being demonized. The unvaxxed is, it's just going to be, it's getting relentless. And I'm looking at the parallels with Germany in the 1930s and how, you know, Jews were terrible and, you know, they're all yeah. suffering from syphilis and TB and, you know, uh, and so on. And, and I'm seeing it more and more. And so what I'm, what I'm thinking of, and, and I just have this Thought and it is very very childish and I just really wondered what you thought of it as a sort of because um, you know all these I mean, I'm looking at the demonstrations in France and I love there was one where families were sitting down having a picnic on the street in front of all the cafes and even the cafe owners were joining in the saying if we can't go into the cafes we'll we'll sit down on the on the street and there was something you know really symbolic and taking the Mickey out of that which I thought was really powerful yeah. And I'm, I'm thinking that, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm too old now to be going to nightclubs and so on, but I'm not exactly the sort of person that's going to go to a nightclub now and be asked for my vaccination pass. But I think that so many of the people that are going to be enforcing these regulations, they will have no idea that we perceive them as being uh, Nazis and fascists and enforcing tyranny in the way that, you know, we say to people you know, in Germany, what were you doing? I was just following orders, and there are so many people who will be just following orders and not really thinking about it. And I was thinking of the kind of, you know, in therapy, that it's like a gestalt—you know, that moment where people just you do a pattern interrupt, and people just stop and think. Because I think these people, you know, they don't see themselves like that. They think they're doing social good and so on. And I was wondering, how am I going to react when I'm, you know, if I was in France this summer and I couldn't go for coffee in a coffee in a cafe outside without being asked for these wretched papers? And how would I respond? And I'm the sort of person I want to be polite and talkative and so on. And it just occurred to me that one way of making people just stop and think and question themselves isn't to sort of shout at them and be. But and and this is very 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 childish, I know. But I just wonder what you thought of this. When that happens, if I just, you know, do a little kind of, you know, a Nazi salute or a kind of Heil Hitler or Heil Boris or a, just right. something that makes them realise. That might make them think.
0: Bad. May I ask? It's none of my business. Are you Jewish? No, I'm not. No, You're not. no. no I, I was wondering because I remember going around Dachau years ago and you mentioned there, you know, I didn't know. Wasn't good enough. I remember walking around Dachau in 2001 and a very, very, very elderly German gentleman was wandering around the camp and he was handing out little, I think, prayer cards to people. And we asked him what was going on and he said, Look, we, me and my family and my father, we knew what was going on inside that camp. We live in the village and we didn't do anything. And saying that we didn't know wasn't good enough. I remember him saying that and you invoking that, you know, that message and Kind of brought that back to me. What would I say to that, Nicholas? Is I don't it, know.
15: Is it, is it childish? Is it? Serious? I don't think or it's childish.
0: Ridiculous. I don't think or it's. Is, chi- it, yeah. is it
15: something that's going to make people stop and think? Oh my God!
0: The reason what's I, what's I, that- I, I and one of the reasons I asked are, are you Jewish is because I think maybe some Jewish people might think, well, that's you know, that's a bit offensive. I know mm-hmm. that some Jewish people might think that comparing. The, the the lockdowns and the mask wearing and the vaccinations they might say you know well I find that a bit rich really because it doesn't compare to what people went through in Nazi Germany and they might have a point if they said that it's not but, necessarily
15: a Jewish thing it's a fascist yes thing. It's yes it's a slippery slope
0: it. absolutely it's a slippery slope you know, yes it, it, it a began a, somewhere
15: Sieg Heil or is it a Harold yeah. Boris or something something really silly and 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 almost childish and quick and easy that will make people think oh my god you know just Instead of going to a big philosophical conversation about what's going on, but just to kind of very gently and very specifically just kind of make them realise. I don't see why sh-
0: not, Nicholas. You could even do the, the the Basil from the Germans episode. You know, yeah, put your yeah. forefinger under your under your nose and do well, the yeah, and do the that. goose do the goose stepping around. That but might be if, if a lot yeah. of
15: people did this and a lot of people bounces on the nightclub doors and the people in the re- and when I'm stopped to go shopping at, and I'm looking at what's happening in Australia. That's crazy. I'm is. assuming that something like that's coming down the road that we have to kind of push back, and that is a very very sort of I was just wondering if it's a potentially effective protest i mean it's it, as I say it's very very silly but in in one way, but I think it would make a lot of people stop
0: I think it might and- do. I think if you had support, certainly, I think if enough people were were to do it and do it in a humorous way, it might cause somebody to say to themselves, "Yeah, what am I doing here?" Why am I speaking in this way to that person? Why am I asking them for their papers? You might be right, uh, Nicholas. It's very interesting, Me, I'm not giving you the brush off, but I've got about 90 seconds left on the no, programme. Cool. Can I just today. say something really, really quick? You can I'm go ahead.
15: I writing a real, a real humdinger of a letter to my 12 year old school. I'm pretty good at writing letters and it's it's going to be really, really good about, you know, the vaccine and so on. And I just wonder if I'd send you a copy of it that might be something to share out with Please do. And I works.
0: promise I'll put it on the website if you do that. Nicholas, Wonderful. do send it to me. Because, yes, Brilliant. because parents are going to be coming under pressure in the coming yeah. weeks and they might want to articulate that and absolutely, my friend, I'll do that. Nicholas, okay, how
15: thanks. Should, how should I send it to you? Uh,
0: I'll tell you what I'll do. Um, I'll send you... Uh, an email address through here after I hang up and really? uh, through Skype and you can do it that way. Nice to meet you Nicholas. Great
15: great to talk to you. You Thank too you mate, so thanks.
0: I'm glad you got through because Nicholas tried to get through at the very beginning of the programme. Right, that's it for the programme today. Thanks for listening to it. Thanks to everybody who called in. We'll be back tomorrow uh, for Wednesday's programme at the usual time, 5 o'clock UK time from the BBG. It's Bye for now.